2: Fox Sports Radio, The Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. My goodness, do we have developing stories (laughs) left and right? We got stuff on the World Series coming up in 15 minutes, but this is happening now and we got to get to this. Uh, we watched the Rams dismantle the Bears tonight on Monday Night Football, 24-10. to 10. It never felt like the Bears had a chance. The Rams were just out-everythinging the Bears early on, despite the fact the lead should have been bigger, uh, in control for the majority of the game. The Bears get in on a defensive touchdown. Their offense does not look good. They're not throwing the ball downfield. And it was in the middle of the game, Where Brian Greasy, doing the game for ESPN, and and congrats, ESPN's like, hey, someone's saying good things about one of our talent. Well, for now, anyway, because I'm waiting to hear what Nick Foles is going to say in response. Brian Greasy told this story on the air during the game about what happens sometimes when Matt Nagy, the Bears head coach, sends in a play and he knows... It's not going to
1: work. Take a listen. We were talking to Nick Foles yesterday, and he said, you know, sometimes play calls come in, and I know that I don't have time to execute that play call. And, you know, I'm the one out here getting hit. And sometimes the guy calling the plays, Matt Nagy, he doesn't know how much time there is back here. And so that's something that they have to get worked out whoa yeah whoa let's go whoa, whoa
6: this is the guy who kissed your ass and elevated Ooh. you and, wow. and talked you up and brought you in team was winning and said no 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 no, no. we're still going to make a change you played terribly and this is what you're leaking in your meeting with your league partner ahead of the broadcast
2: yeah hell to pay and a locker room asunder now this is this is the weird thing because I will say this because this this makes Nick Foles look bad. It yep. makes Matt Nagy look because it makes Matt Nagy look like he doesn't know his team. That I'm sending in a play that our quarterback knows does not have a chance to succeed, but he's still sending in the plays anyway. All right, so this makes everybody look bad. Maybe this is why Nick Foles throws off his back foot all the time. But, but I he thought he was deep. supposed to be I'm able not, to expand the playbook, Jason. I'm, <laughs> I'm not stepping into the throes because I'm going to get drilled. And clearly, we saw that tonight with Nick Foles. But I would guess, and, I, and I, I'm trying to think, you know, because Nick Foles, this is not who he is. He's never said anything like this before. He's never said anything this controversial before. I mean, come on. You can't get the guy to say, Brady won't shake my hand. What a jerk. Right? You can't even get him to say that. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Nick Foles, the, the, the two responses are going to be this. Nick Foles is going to call, Brian Greasy was going to call and say, that was never supposed to be on the air. That was me just telling you a story, hey, that I didn't think you were going to go on the air with. I, I wonder. But the fact is but, but these guys at ESPN, they know what's, what's going on in the air in, in their pre-show meeting. They have these meetings all the time. They get together with, with the head coach and the quarterbacks before the game so they can get some information they can throw out and say during the broadcast. I talked with Nick Foles yesterday. I talked with Matt Nagy yesterday. He said we like to do this, X, Y, and Z. It's a shocking thing for a quarterback to say that because it's so it's, it's, a, it's a bombshell. You know, that my offensive line stinks. I'm not going to have enough time. My offensive line is not going to keep me upright. I'm getting hit all the time. So now I've thrown the offensive line under the bus. I'm throwing my head coach under the bus because now he's calling plays that he knows he shouldn't call. We're going to hear some kind of, there was some kind of miscommunication and what I said wasn't what was reported. And I guarantee you that's what tomorrow is going to be from Nick Foles. Because there's no way that this is, Nick Foles either had a bad minute where he decided I could just say this story or it really was something that Nick Foles didn't want reported on the air and he just kind of told the story like, hey, let me tell you. You know, between you and I, dude, I, he calls plays that I, 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 we, we have no chance at this. I know coming in. All right, let's try it. It ain't going to work, but we're going to do it. There's going to be some kind of damage control from Foles on this, and it's going to. I'm predicting a a Bears versus ESPN thing where the Bears are really pissed at ESPN, kind of like how the Jets were pissed at them last year with the Sam Darnold ghost thing. Hey, sure. you protect our quarterback. You don't put stuff out there that's going to embarrass him. That's why we agreed to have him mic'd up but you thought it was okay to put that out there. So ESPN's got a little bit of a track record for it. I guarantee you it's going to be some messy, muddy thing and it's going to turn out to be Nick Foles and the bears versus ESPN. Cause the only way Nick Foles gets out of this is if he says, no, 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 I didn't say that, or this was something else. And it makes it look like I didn't do this or they did something they weren't supposed to. That's the only way out of this. Cause Nick Foles just looks terrible for saying this. I mean, it, 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 it does cause it, the whole organization Mike looks bad. It, Matt Nagy looks like, dude, you, even know your team i know you're an offensive coordinator and hey we got to keep calling these crazy pass plays because that shows i'm a genius if we keep calling pass plays and we keep winning and we can't run the football so i'm gonna call these crazy pass plays i i understand that that's but you you look like one of those guys you know you look like adam Gase. you you look you look awful in in this situation nobody the the entire organization looks bad like they're the gang that couldn't shoot straight and and here's what's going to happen now because of this this is a huge huge deal well, there's two types
6: of people in this world. There's weasels and weasel slappers. Uh, I just thought I'd throw that in since it's Chicago and it's the road warriors. We could kind of ascribe that uh, and assign those those tags to people here in this situation. Uh, yeah, Brian Greasy probably wasn't supposed to go to air with that. But you know what? Unless you say off the record, right? you know the, the game. If it's scintillating, especially in a bad game, what's going to happen? All the stories. That's why that 40 beer story got told because the game sucked. And the Bears mm-hmm. were getting curb stomped. And then the defense made a couple of stops. You get the turnover and the touchdown. And, hey, all of a sudden we got a le- at least a little bit of life. But what are you doing? You're going through all the, the other stories going, well, this was down the list. But you know what? We got to keep people entertained. Here we go. Let's get after it. And and you bring this one up. You know, you saw all the faith and belief that Nagy had in Foles and all the discussion from the quarterback, or from the wide receivers coach to the quarterbacks coach, all the way down the line saying, well, now you can do things in the playbook that you couldn't do with Mitch, right? Immediately started taking the golf clubs out and, and you know, five iron uh, Mitch Trubisky wherever they could. Uh, and now we're watching – the Bears' offense struggle, as you talk about, off the back foot, and it just feels like he's throwing the ball up for grabs, saying, all right, maybe I get a completion, maybe I get a pass interference call. That's that's what the Bears' offense is right now. And then on when you actually have a red zone possession, your two guys that should be your red zone studs aren't on the field. So the curiosity uh, of personnel calls, decision-making, play calling is just a disaster. Hey, it's first down. What are we doing? Run. Really? Yeah, run. Uh we can't run. Doesn't matter. Second down and 9, okay? You can almost hear Brent Musburger yelling at you uh each time they do a first down run, but to have this come out, now it looks bad. Now it looks terrible on on so many different levels within the organization, and everybody knows that offensive line has struggled. He's so enamored with the thought of a big play out of Cordero Patterson, he outthinks himself from what should be you know, short, makeable pass plays. And I know Tariq Cohen not being there hurts things. He actually was cursing up a storm on Twitter after some of the play calls and execution. What do you think about the execution of your team? Yeah, I'm, I'm in, in favor, favor of it. it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so that that's kind of where we're at in this. And now the fall, I can't wait to listen to Chicago radio in the morning. Are you kidding me? The blood—they're out for blood. Look, and and more and more, it's you're you're looking at Matt Nagy before this game, and as it started to progress, going well, maybe it's not always the personnel here. Something mm-hmm. I don't know. Folks that have listened to us for the last couple of years. May have heard out of my mouth a few times, but now it's start, starting to rise, and Nick Foles just uh, poured gasoline all over it.
2: Let's hear from Matt Nagy because Nagy was brought this question afterwards. Uh, hey, what do you make of Brian Greasy saying that uh, you call plays that have no chance of making it? Uh, here was Matt Nagy just a couple of minutes ago. On I that.
6: don't know. We you, you'll have to whenever you talk to Nick, just kind of see where he's at with that. I, I that's not. Nick and I have a pretty good relationship, and he hasn't said, I mean, he, he'll probably explain what he meant by that.
2: <laughs> I'm not touched because no! I want to kill this guy right now. I mean, there's no way where this story makes anybody look good except it makes Nick Foles look like a football martyr. Like, I am taking these hits, and I am taking everything, and I know none of this is right. And that's really not who Nick Foles is, which, again, it takes me back to there's going to be some kind of story about it's going to be a, a misconception. I didn't really say that, and it could be something where it wasn't really said, or it's going to be I can't believe you actually went on the air with that. And it, was, and it wasn't really understood that that's what you were going to say, even though we're in a session where we're talking about stuff for the broadcast. So it, that, that's how it's going to play out. But there's no way Nick Foles can stand by this. There's just, there's just no way. How do you walk into a locker room when everybody looking at you knows, okay, so you told somebody in the media that uh, the head coach – is calling plays that has no chance. All right, so now the head coach who is under fire already and the coaching staff, because you're talking about the offensive coordinator, you talk about everything, all the offensive coaches as well that are going up and down here, uh, they don't have their finger on the pulse of the team. They don't know what it means to make the team work. Okay, what else does it show you? That the offensive line, who keeps you upright, I mean allegedly, because you know Nick Foles is under duress a lot. Yeah, uh, no, the you guys, got hammered, sure. But even if even if they're not playing well, you don't say anything bad about your offensive line. I don't have time. Because what did Greasy say? I'm the guy getting hit back there. Yeah, the offensive line. I mean, the, this isn't a case where the offensive line hates you and it's what well, we're going to allow you to get a sack and hit this guy because we don't like him. Uh, now, all of a sudden, Nick Foles has to apologize to his offensive line. So there's no way he can stand by this. Whatever the whatever the, the excuse is, it's going to be one of those two things. I didn't say that. And then it, we're going to go back to Brian Greasy, and Greasy's going to have to respond. No, no, Nick actually did say this. I'm either standing by this or I'm not going to respond. And Nick Foles is or he's going to say, you know, that's what he'll say publicly and either publicly it will be, okay, that's the story or publicly that'll be it. And privately, it's going to be, dude, I I never wanted you to go on the air with that. So there's going to be some kind of back and forth. And eventually, if the Bears are going to try to control the narrative, they can jump on the, you know what, you can't trust ESPN. They're going to jump on that. You saw it last year with Sam Darnold when they put out the ghost thing and the, and, and the Jets didn't like it. You can't trust ESPN. And then ESPN's got to decide, do we want to back our analyst, Brian Greasy, or do we want to back the Bears in the NFL? Where where do we want to go? What is more valuable to us? Do we say, no, Brian Greasy did this and we are standing behind him? Or is it, boy, we really risk upsetting the Bears. They're never going to give us anybody for an interview. They're not going to talk to us. We're going to look bad. And and who knows how that's going to look. Other teams are going to feel the same way. Can't believe you did that to the Bears. Can't believe you did that to Nick Foles. And, you know, the Eagles decide we're not going to talk to ESPN because of it. Other, you know, uh, network uh, teams decide we're not going to talk to ESPN because of it. I mean, maybe Tom Brady he will talk because of it, because, you know, he doesn't like Nick Foles, apparently. But you wonder where that's going to go. And I'm, I'm telling you all these avenues because I've worked in the business for a long time. And I know how it is when TV networks are, are at odds with a team. This is where things go. So you are going to see this story get muddied like hell tomorrow. And if, I'll be the most surprised guy in the world if Nick Foles stands by this. I'll be the most surprised guy, but I, I can't see him doing it because there's no way he can do it and still have the respect of everybody in the team and his coaching staff if he does.
6: No, I don't care if he st- stands up on, on Madison's right outside Madison Square Garden, right outside Soldier Field with a giant megaphone, you know, saying that he was done wrong. There's no way to take Brian Greasy's not going to make this up. Right, uh, Unless you're really going to go and you've got audio tape that can say, well, he misconstrued what I was trying to say. No, you might have not have put it in as blunt a terms, but you certainly made him understand that, th- that you've got uh, t- got to take a lot of uh, liberties in your play calling and adjustments at the line to save your ass. That's really what I take out of it. However, he wants to dance around that. And if he's the guy that he's been professionally and everybody purports him to be, then he'll be a man and he'll own it. And the offensive linemen, you know what? They're still paid to block for him. This is not, uh, you know, I was watching, remember the Titans the other day when they threw the dude off the team because he Olaid a block. You're not going to do that in, in the pros. You're just not. You're not because you need to keep putting good tape up uh, to keep yourself employed. Doesn't mean you're not pissed at Nick Foles and you probably, and you should be. If I'm Matt Nagy, Maybe, maybe you didn't want to hear the hard truth come out across a, a Monday night broadcast. Brian Greasy's in his first year of doing Monday night football. He's certainly not trying to to blow that up even though he knows uh, that Lewis Riddick probably ain't there with him next year and he's probably running an NFL team so maybe they blow it all up again once anyway but the, the reality is you've now got a huge situation in Chicago where there were already a lot of questions about the offense and Nick Foles as to what he was supposed to be in the set, last seven games that he started They've His teams have scored a, a little less than 16 points per game. So let's talk about scheme. Let's talk about the excellence of execution because Nick Foles ain't been it.
2: Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike Gets Swollen Dome, The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. We'll have more on this breaking story coming up. And, and I'll tell you, I really want to hear Nick Foles. So when he finishes meeting with the meeting, it's asked about it. We'll bring you his post game press conference. But you already see Matt Nagy is like, Yeah, you go talk to Nick. Tell me what he says. And, it's, it's, <laughs> and, it's like, and Matt Nagy's like with a bunch of guys waiting out the locker room for him, going, Come on, Nick, let's go have a talk, you and I. Let's have a little conversation right now. Let's have a nice little I mean, walk. Uh, it, it's so anti Let's go anti- check out Nick the folks. stars on Hollywood Boulevard. Come on.
1: <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to
0: keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables.
2: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. When a train hits a vehicle at a railway crossing, the results are often deadly. Be cautious at crossings. If the signals are going, don't be tempted to try and sneak across the tracks, even if you don't see a train. Stop. Stop. Because Trains Can't, brought to you by NHTSA. So, coming up in less than 10 minutes, we will have Nick Foles' response. (laughs) After everything going on after the game, Brian Greasy, doing the game for ESPN, said that uh, in the middle of the game, I talked to Nick Foles, and Nick says that Matt Nagy, head coach of the Bears, sends in plays that Nick Foles knows aren't going to work because he's not going to have the time to throw the football. This is a huge deal. Nick Foles has then thrown his offensive line, his coaching staff under the bus. Matt Nagy responded with, You have to ask Nick. Well, someone just asked Nick, and we're getting it ready for you. We'll have it for you coming up in less than 10 minutes. You, but you. <laughs> that sounds about right. But with the night off here for the World Series, we're getting ready for Game 6 tomorrow. Tony Gonsolin starts for the Dodgers, and Blake Snell goes for the Rays in a game that right now tilts heavily in the Rays' favor. It's a bullpen game for L.A. And 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 in a stay-alive-or-go-home game, you have the Rays coming back with their best pitcher. Uh, Somehow, the low World Series ratings – have become a thing. And yes, the ratings are low. They're down around 9 million, which is still enough to win the night, still enough to be the, the number one show on, on television. But it's down from last year. And I get it. The one thing that's got to happen right now, if you are on the, well, go woke, go broke uh, train, you got to take the L. I, I've told you this for the past couple of months. If you think it's woke sports and, and this is what's causing ra- – you have to take that big L because ratings across all sports are down. Every single sport. MLB isn't – was is MLB being too woke? Are they, they're being too woke with no fans in the stands? With the cutouts in the stands? They're too woke? MLB, MLB is not too woke right? Ratings are down everywhere for every single sport, right? The NFL is the best of all of them because they're seeing some ratings are down, but some ratings are going up, right? Some weeks, some games, half the games do really well. Sometimes the games don't do well. That's kind of where we're at right now. I understand that if you're doing the go, woke, go broke narrative, it fit you for the NBA. Well, the NBA was the most of the most active of the social message teams that everything going on was going on during the season. I get that you wanted to fit that narrative. You tried for the NFL the first week of the season went oh look the opening game is down oh the the big Sunday night game is down go woke go broke yeah but then suddenly you're like oh but all the other ratings in the big games were all up there were you know fox was up across the board opening week so everybody oh well that doesn't work now you can't tell me it's just the one sport that people are not watching because they decide to be too social message conscious that isn't the truth why are ratings down it's easy we're in a pandemic people's Priorities have changed for now. We're also paying close attention to what is a pretty contentious and pretty important election that we have coming up in two Tuesdays. So people are watching more political content than they are watching sports. If there's a debate on, people are watching the debate. If there's a big program on where so-and-so is going to be on, if it's a Joe Biden town hall, if it's a Trump interview on 60 Minutes, whatever it is, people are going to watch that. That's going to be, that's what I have to go see. You will see after the election, ratings will start getting back. Now, will they ever get back to where they were? No, because slowly and surely, as we're seeing over the course of the past few years, you are seeing that, well, more people are watching on devices, more people are watching this way people are watching this way and this way so it's never going to get back but you will see a bounce back all right because these are two things we are dealing with we've never had an election like this that we have had to deal with before the one four years ago that's nothing compared to this one but mainly you look at the pandemic and when all sports have come back it just hasn't been the same yet it's not that sports fans aren't watching it's that fans that might come back and say okay i'll watch this game for a little bit or oh really i want to sit in front of the tv and watch that tonight they're saying oh you know what instead i'd rather I'd rather watch the town hall or I'd rather watch, I'd rather watch this program because so-and-so is going to be on and they're going to talk about this. I, I'd rather watch tonight what people are saying about uh, Amy Coney Barrett being confirmed as the next judge of the Supreme court. These are things that are happening. The go woke, go bro. That is not part of it. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not just because 150 people in your various timelines say, I'm never watching the NBA again. Yeah, yeah. Got it. So they're not watching all these other sports. They're not watching golf. and let's brought. That's just, you have to take the L on that narrative. I get you liked it to fit, and it was great, and you can you can get away with it. But this whole go woke go broke, it doesn't work. It, I'm sorry, it doesn't work. It doesn't explain where why it's the NBA, but all these other sports. If it was just the NBA, I would say, well, okay, you kind of have something there, but we don't. We have ratings down all over the place. So uh, I don't understand what people are trying to do. I'm going to try to push that narrative through and keep pushing that through. That's not the case. It's just not.
6: Well, even with the NBA, you could claim it's a sliver of it, but it's a pretty big pie. With a lot of other explanations that come into yeah, it. Yeah, if you want and to take it, it's, a, it's a
2: tiny sliver. Like after I have a big piece of pie, go, I want a little more, but not much because I can't have too much more. So I'll take a little tiny sliver of it. Sure, I'll take a little tiny sliver of it.
6: Yeah, I, I don't know what percentage you as, uh, ascribe to it, but you, you certainly saw enough opinion pieces out there, non sports kind of wondering. The effectiveness, the players were asking the effectiveness, the coaches, after a while. When when Adam Silver comes out and says, hey, going forward, we're probably not going to have it there, right, on the court and in the jerseys and whatever else. So trying to figure out wherever that may be more effective. So they probably heard for some folks from the business side of it, but not necessarily from, you know, Joe Q public in the viewing audience to try to explain it because they were still the top thing on television. You know what? Just everything's fragmented. Everything's shut down. Part of the the sliver of the pie is also you're sitting in front of a damn screen for ten hours before sports starts for a good chunk of the day. Right? The kids in front of it for virtual school, you for virtual work and meetings from sun up till sundown. Are you gonna sit in front of the tv then for another three to six hours or all day saturday or sunday for college football or the nfl i'm gonna go out on a limb and say maybe your habits have changed a little bit because your lives have changed a little bit day to day in terms of how much you've got to sit in front of a screen so that comes in you find other viewing habits hey someone turns you on to some other binge watching and you know what right now that's more exciting than the jets or the Bears offense, or insert punchline team here uh, as you flow through. So, yeah, there's a lot that go to it. And for the World Series, it's the Rays. It's the Rays, and it's the Dodgers (laughs) that you've seen three of the last four years. So maybe maybe that doesn't tickle your fancy, right? We always talk about fatigue because that was the other thing with the NBA of, all right, here's LeBron again, even though he's in a different uniform. Is, is there LeBron fatigue? We always attributed it to Tom Brady and the Patriots going, oh, I'm tired of seeing this damn team again. So maybe you've got a little of that, a small sliver of that with the Dodgers. And I say that for all our friends at AM570 LA Sports and those listening in Los Angeles. No tiredness here. I want to see how this thing ends. You kidding me? It's great drama. <laughs> uh, but And sitting on the edge of the seats with y'all. But it, it's just that kind of thing nationally. I guess I could understand of, all right, here they are again, that maybe that's a small sliver of it. But it's still on a night to night basis, except when you have one of these big political events, it's still winning the day. And and that's that's one of the things you still have to take away. Uh, TV as a whole, you're you're seeing the paradigm shift and new metrics being used to try to capture all of those streaming services, all of those. Legal and well, not quite so legal streaming services that are out there to truly figure out what your audience is, right? For the longest time, it was trying to really difficult to try to include restaurants and bars that were airing games. Do those count? Do they not? Where you might have 400 people watching the same thing, they sure as hell included it on all boxing pay per view numbers. But what do you do when it comes down to the NFL or the NBA and the MLB and keep going on down the line?
2: Twitter at how about a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico
1: Studios. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
4: Three hundred thousand dollars.
3: Anyone can win. Relationships matter, and only one All Star will claim the
4: title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So during
2: Monday Night Football, we got this gem from ESPN analyst Brian Greasy talking about Nick Foles. You know that when when Monday Night Football comes, Sunday Night Football. Coaches, quarterbacks sit down with the people calling the game the day before and talk to them about things so they can, the announcers can sprinkle things in the broadcast with them. This happens all the time. It's been a normal thing in the NFL forever. And Brian Greasy let this thing slip from Nick Foles, their conversation they had a day ago going into Monday Night Football. Go ahead.
1: We were talking to Nick Foles yesterday and he said you know sometimes play calls come in and I know that I don't have time to execute that play call and you know I'm the one out here getting hit and sometimes the the guy calling the plays Matt Nagy he doesn't know how much time there is back here and so that's something that they have to get worked out.
2: Oh boy. Oh, boy. So there's your head coach he thrown know. under the bus. There is your <laughs> offensive line thrown under the bus. This does not make Nick Foles look good. Well, what did Matt Nagy have to say after that? Because it was brought to his attention following the Rams 24-10 win. Well, here's Matt Nagy.
6: I don't know. We, you, you'll have to, whenever you talk to Nick, just kind of see where he's at with that. I, I That's not – Nick and I have a pretty good relationship, and he hasn't – said. I mean, he, he'll probably explain what he meant by that.
2: Okay, so now we have to find out what Nick Foles has to say. So let's hear from Nick Foles because this is what Nick Foles said when he had that brought up to him following the Rams' victory over the Bears tonight. You, you, you. That was definitely a miscommunication with Brian and I. You know, we do these pre-game um, conversations the day before the game just to give them information. That conversation, uh, Coach Nagy and I have a great, great conversation on the, the sidelines. So there might be times where we we go through it beforehand and say, "Hey, what do you think?" And there's times where you gotta get the ball out quick and whatnot. But um, in those situations, like Matt and I have a great relationship on the sideline with conversations and everything. I think, you know, in that situation with Brian, it was just a miscommunication of words because that's not what I was trying to bring across in that conversation. What did I tell you? <laughs> There's no way Nick Foles can stand on that comment. There's no way he could. No way. And what did he do? That's a miscommunication with Brian. We talk on the sidelines sometimes, and Coach Nagy has the uh, opinion about a play that, oh, this is a play. Well, I don't know that this is going to work. Uh, it was a miscommunication. I told you there was no way he could stand on it, and he doesn't stand on it. Now, what you're going to see over the course of the next day or so is it's going to wind up being the Bears versus ESPN. Ah, oh, you probably shouldn't have gone on the air with that because for a second, do I think Nick Foles and Brian Greasy had something misunderstood? no the only misunderstanding was either Nick Foles was surprised that Brian Greasy went on the air with that thought he was telling him in confidence or he actually did tell him off the record and Brian Greasy went on the air with it anyway and so then ESPN has to sit back and say well do we take Brian Greasy's side because we don't want to upset the Bears and it's a convenient narrative because last year on Monday Night Football the Jets really were mad at ESPN because they put the Sam Darnold ghost things out there and that embarrassed Sam Darnold so the Bears definitely have a hammer here if they want to say, we can't believe they went on the air and said that. We don't trust ESPN. That's how it's going to go. Trust me, because this is now everybody's got to save themselves. Everybody's got to CYA. And Nick Foles has to CYA in a big way. And so, of course, he's going to say, yeah, no, no, no. Miscommunication there. And then it's going to be privately. Brian, man, what the blank are you doing, man? How (laughs) do you say that on the air, man? You know I got to go into the locker room. You played in the NFL a long time. I'm going to kick your ass next time I see you. Oh, yeah, I'd like to to see you do it i got the national championship in michigan back in 97 oh yeah well i got a super bowl ring and i beat brady and he won't shake my hand and he went to michigan so ha i mean that's going to be the conversation
6: you're acting like a first year blanket thief i'm the only <laughs> professional around here that's really we go back to it again i used it last week it works up here same thing it's like i'm the professional uh yeah brian greasy did nick Foles say it in exactly those terms Probably not. Did he intimate all the problems that they were having with running plays? Absolutely. In terms of continuity of the offense? Absolutely. And you know what? You connect the dots. And away you go. And you you make your your decision to go forward. Look, Brian Greasy will get bashed saying that's part of the relationship that we have. Kind of to inform your pl- game call. But it's supposed to be the... Uh, you know, the other notebook of, all right, you can kind of allude to these things and understand where the problems are, but uh, you can't come out with the sledgehammer uh, and hammer us all because that's exactly where, where the Bears are going to be on the defensive for the next week, right? And rolling the next few days, going to have to explain to his offensive line what he meant, going to have to explain to the wide receivers. Of course, if I'm Nick Foles, I'm walking over going, hey, again, why weren't committing? and Graham in on that red zone <laughs> possession that we had uh, where I had to throw the ball to Mooney uh, in between three guys and a, the tip drill worked to perfection for an interception in the end zone. Please riddle me that, Coach. Uh, or maybe I'll just type that in and ask the question on his next media appearance at Chicago. But it's it's an ugly situation, and now it's, it's come to light that you've got – some of this miscommunication and mistrust, and for a guy who got propped up by the organization and everybody as the savior, uh, th- this comes out, and it's
2: a, just a bad look for Nick Foles. Twitter out, how about a fresca? Mike gets swollen dome. He Trust me, he said it, and now he looks bad. He is backing up, he is moonwalking away from that thing. My goodness. Hey, can we talk about the handshake again? <laughs> <laughs> Twitter at how about a fresca? Mike and Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Coming up next, a big NFL story. I hate to say I told you so, but I kind of did. Then we have something to the big way from the World Series. so We got everything coming your way you need. Keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Radio.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
7: Fox
2: Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Oh! Like, I am young again. (laughs) Um, I hate to say I told you so, but I really don't. But this case, I really did tell you so, and I even gave you the details, getting down to it. Cam Newton is benched yesterday, coming off his worst... Game as a Patriot, he throws three picks. They're not even close. They get, they get smacked by the San Francisco 49ers. And this is Cam Newton's third really bad game in a row after one decent one and one really good one. And now he's answering questions about whether or not he's still the starter. He says, I'm embarrassed. My job is in jeopardy. Bill Belichick says, I'm still sticking with Cam. Uh, you know, that is for now. And the thing is, and anybody, everybody wanted to give Cam Newton the MVP after week two. Let's sign him to a big contract extension. He's a former MVP. He's all of these things. And we told you before the season started, even when he had this hot streak, Get back to me if he's still doing this in week eight. Those are my specific words. Get back to me if he's still playing like this in week eight. Because after teams get about four weeks of tape on a guy that's a new quarterback and a new offense or a new quarterback into the league, whatever it is, that's when everybody starts to make adjustments. And lo and behold, after the first two or three weeks, look at this. Newton has been terrible. Two touchdowns, seven picks. He's not good. He hasn't been good. I don't know where this narrative came that suddenly, oh, if Cam Newton's the MVP and here's a a, a piece of video I'm putting on the internet from 2014, watch out. It's not 2014. This is not the Cam Newton you are getting. You are getting a guy that is 30 now and has been beat up and and has less physically going for him than he ever has. He doesn't have anything around him. The skill position players are terrible. And suddenly everybody thought Cam, oh, he had two decent weeks. His best week was against the Seahawks, and the Seahawks may have the second worst pass defense in the NFL because the Cowboys have the worst of everything. But they may have the second worst pass defense in the NFL. That's the only team he really stood up and said, boy, I'm great. Which makes me worried about the Seahawks, because you know they're my they're my Super Bowl pick. Sure, this shows you Cam Newton. We told you you don't just suddenly get good again. Oh, he's going to be with Belichick. He's going to be. He's got no help. He hasn't been good in five years. Tell me again. Tell me again where Cam Newton was going to be great. But after like week two, I think because people were tired, I couldn't have a hot take for a while because we didn't have sports. So I'm going to suddenly give Cam Newton the MVP. Josh Allen's going to get the MVP. Aaron Rodgers stinks. All these things happen, and now they're all coming home to roost other ways it's a week-to-week league right we see the
6: good we see the bad we see the ugly and we ride that roller coaster and that's what makes the NFL great and with Cam Newton I don't know how much you you carve out for the COVID positive test the fact that he hasn't been able to practice much and how bad that team is constructed because let's face it the roster is not good I called Nikhil Harry uh, a tight end in the making a, a long time ago and well, lo, lo and behold, that's kind of where we're headed here. Uh, you don't you don't have playmakers. Your best playmaker is James White, who's in pa- a dump-off pass receiver out of the backfield. I mean, that's it. So I don't know that you can give Cam anything but a big old incomplete at the moment. But, yeah, he's played terribly, and I'll give him credit. He's the first to tell you that
2: that's the case. Twitter out. How about a fresca? Mike gets swollen dome, but I'll fail. No, I'll fail him for the first half of the season. I mean, I, okay. I no, incomplete. I'll fail him for the first half. Good for uh, you. More big news from the NFL. Plus a big story 24 hours
7: later about the World Series.
5: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host